I'm a god. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? I'm a god. There wasn't one today. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of It's Time to Rewind, a podcast stuck in its own time loop right along with the movies we discuss. And this season, we're taking a look at Groundhog Day, after day, after day, after day, after day. I'm your host, Bubble Wheat, from Flights, Tights, and Movie Nights, and this episode, we're discussing Phil's first, February 3rd, that starts at 94 minutes and 48 seconds, with Phil waking up to I've Got You Babe on the radio before Rita's hand comes from off screen and she tells him it's too early and ends, well, it ends at the end of the movie. We made it! And here with me today to finish off this season is a, an old friend of mine and also a video game streamer, Josh. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and what a long day it was. <laughs> Yeah, that's the longest February 2nd in the the history of ever. But I've been blogging and podcasting for 10 years now. And like you've been doing your video game streaming. And somehow we've never actually recorded a podcast together until now. No, it's strange. I thought we would work together much sooner. But it, it, when you work in two different kind of, uh, kinds of, you know, media, it, it kind of, it's hard to kind of find a common area yeah and you know josh josh is is somebody that i've known for how long has it been 30 Uh, 30 years well if we're going from like the first time we first met was i moved into that area that we used to live in without giving our location away uh for those internet stalkers out out there (laughs) february 1990 so i'd say 31 years yes yeah that's that's crazy, but, um, and, you know, I, I never really thought of you as, as a, a big movie person. Like, I, I know we went out, uh, you know, whenever we were friends, um, as teenagers, we definitely went out and saw a, a handful of movies in theaters together. Right. Uh, I do enjoy movies. It's just, um, I can kind of get stuck in a time loop of my own. There's, there's a period in time that I, that I think quite possibly the best movies ever were made. And after that, it's like you get a couple of movies that, that match up, and it's like, I don't know, maybe a bit, a bit of an 80s, 90s snob, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't go to the theaters a lot, but I am a more of a, a retro movie guy than, say, like keeping up on the common standards or today modern standards of, you know, watching. Yeah, it feels weird to think of retro cinema as... Yeah, you know, 80s and 90s. Um, yeah. You know, people older than us will they'll kind of <laughs> shake their heads at us, but you know, it, it kind of is showing our age, which mm-hmm. you know we are the same the same age. Jumping back to the actual uh, time loop that that we're talking about, the, this is the end of Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. and. You know, I am, I'm kind of curious because I, I don't, I don't think this was ever a movie that we watched together, but do you remember when you first watched Groundhog Day? Uh, my parents had, uh, HBO and a lot of movies when they went to video, like a couple of months after that, they would come out on HBO. And I think it probably would have been like 93 when I first watched it because we would rent movies, but I don't think Groundhog's Day would have been a movie we rented. Uh, so I think I probably watched it on HBO like a couple of months after it was released to VHS. 
that's probably where I first watched it. You know, j- jumping into the the actual time loop uh, to to today's loop, this is, it it starts out with a fake out. You know, it's, it does, and it, it makes me wonder how, how often do does a radio station play the exact same song at the same time two days in a row? Um, as someone who listened to the radio a lot in the 90s when I was going to school or, or whatever or just getting up in the morning, almost never. Like, non-existent. It almost never happens unless it was a super popular song, but it wouldn't be played at the exact same time every day. Unless it was like a jingle that the radio station played it like that right before the news or the weather. But no, almost oh. never. Or if it was like a current song, because I've, I've definitely listened to the pop radio station, and I will, I would hear like whenever a song gets into heavy rotation, I might hear mm-hmm. the same song at the same time. But you know, this this came out in '93. It was filmed in '92, and, and I believe that actually, you know, there are some clues within the movie that it actually takes place. Supposed, supposedly, takes place in 1991. But um, uh, I got you, babe. Is you know from the seventies, so it, it was oh, yeah. not it was not a no. current song. It was definitely an an older song, and and we can't we don't really get an idea of what type of radio station this is. If it's an oldie station, or if it's you know a, a newer station, and and maybe the the morning radio show just has. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Tom and Bob, if you remember them, like that mm-hmm. kind of a show that like you have two guys who are just, you know, bouncing crazy stuff off each other. And that's that's what it struck me as is kind of a Tom and Bob thing. Yeah. And then and then, of course, you know, we get the the arm coming over and and Phil, Phil pinches Rita, which seems like the opposite thing. Yeah, you're supposed to pinch yourself to make sure you're not dreaming. So you because if you the idea is you're supposed to feel pain. But if you pin someone else, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> and then you know we we get this this like revelation. You know, yeah, yesterday Phil had this this perfect day where he he achieved his own personal happiness, and that and also you know the love of Rita, which I I definitely fall more in line that. I, I think it was his personal happiness that made him escape the the time loop, and not specifically his getting Rita to love him back. I, I think that was just a side effect. Mm-hmm. Um, on that one, yeah, I, I, I feel like, and I, I promised I wouldn't go too heavy on the science. I, I always think when time loops happen, there's a reason. Like there was something that was supposed to be done, or there was something that was supposed to happen that basically didn't happen, and. It, force the day to keep repeating but i think phil being truly happy with himself was that ingredient for him to move forward and like you said i think rita him being with rita like you said was sort of like just an incidental thing not that it's a small thing it's Mm -hmm. just incidental yeah and and i i do actually like uh bill murray's reaction to you know his his surprise because we don't know exactly how long he's been living the same day over and over again, but he was definitely at the point where he was not expecting to come out of the time loop anytime soon. He had, um, he had also basically resigned himself to 
keep living the day over and over again for all of eternity. And he just, you know, made the decision to make the best of that situation. So it, he was genuinely surprised whenever it's actually February 3rd. Mm-hmm. And this is where, like, we talked about this, but this is where kind of like one of the critiques comes in. Bill Murray has like this thing where he reacts without reacting. He kind of lets the what this person, this emotion or whatever is hitting him, and he just kind of like, uh, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, almost, he's almost like he's phoning it in, but I just think that the reaction is minimalized for a comedic effect. But then, like, for someone who's been stuck in this loop so long, like, those minor things, those minor changes, like the, the show host arguing and her reaching over, those should have been, like, explosions in his ears for actually living that <laughs> part of his day over and over for God knows how long. That should have been, like, alarm bells ringing. I mean, it should have been so uncomfortable. He should have been practically jumped out of bed. That's just my critique. I mean, that would have been like, holy, I broke it. You know, I'm out of the loop. But his is, he almost did like a less is more thing there. But unfortunately, like even for me, I felt he could have like brought up the emotion just a tiny bit more. And I, I kind of like the the slow burn that he does because, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, the arm Rita's arm comes over and there's. He just like continues to stare at the ceiling blankly. Like, is this, you know, my perspective is it's him thinking, is this actually really happening? Is there really, am I just imagining this arm on my chest? Mm-hmm. And then it just slowly, you know, the, the smile creeps up on his face. Yeah. And. Then he runs towards the window and sees that there's snow on the streets. There's no massive crowd of people heading towards Gobbler's Knob. And that's, that's like the moment where he realizes that he's, he's finally free. He's finally escaped this prison that even though at this point in time, he's, he's actually made it so it doesn't feel like a prison anymore. Right. Um, that was, I mean, that to me was like the Ebenezer Scrooge running into the window and asking, hey, what day is it? Um, but again, it's like I said, it, it, I, I think it's like it, he's kind of like all of his his reactions are internal, where he's just so happy that he's out, he doesn't know how to express it, maybe. But it's like, um, yeah, it, that's his Ebenezer Scrooge moment, like, oh, the spirits did it all in one night, speaking of which he did. He did that movie, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I, I really feel like, uh, I don't know, that was just one of those things that's like, if I had been stuck in a loop for, well, we have theories, but a long time, I like mm. I would be like, oh, Jesus, thank you. You know, <laughs> like, you know, doing running around the roof like, I'm free, I'm free. But, you know, I mean, I guess, like I said, less is more sometimes. That's, as much as I like, that first moment, I, I do enjoy the fake out. I like Phil's slow realization. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I actually don't really like this ending. And I think a lot of it revolves around Rita. Because she, this does not feel like the Rita that we've come to know and love throughout this movie. The one who's been skeptical of Phil, the one who didn't want to jump into a relationship with Phil. 
because this this is a person you know she's intelligent she's a producer and she's really known phil for three days mm-hmm. she met him the she was like introduced to him the evening of february 1st and then this is the morning of february 3rd and and honestly the day before phil spent the majority of his day going around saving people and not actually interacting or or getting to know or well letting rita get to know him because he already knows rita at this point but rita does not know him and then there was that quote that he made when he did the ice cream. Like, how did you do this? I can, I don't, I'm not going to know the exact quote, but he said, I, 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 I know you, I, I can imagine your face in my, my, with my eyes closed. Yeah, I know your face so well. I could, um, I could have done this with my eyes closed. Yeah, and it's like, she gives you this, what do you mean? <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> say it, but it's like, uh, what? <laughs> that, that's, uh, that was, like I said, that should have been perplexing to Rita. Like, what do you mean? But, Apparently she just brushed it off as uh, Phil's eccentricities. But I, I, one thing I was going to say, one thing I was thinking that I was going to do during this whole thing was interchange Bill and Phil, <laughs> and as one, like as if they were one person. But that, you know, that <laughs> luckily I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I, I usually uh, mostly refer been referring to him as Phil as his character, and then occasionally I'll refer to him as Bill if I'm talking specifically about his performance or mm-hmm. something that he's doing as an actor rather than as a character. Right. But Rita is, she feels unusually frisky, and that yeah. that also is not, it, it doesn't feel like the the Rita that we've spent almost an hour and a half with. Right. It's almost like she kind of flipped when she saw this guy who could do all these things and uh, in a small period of time. And she kind of got she got to see the crack in the window or the crack in the door. And it's not the door is not all the way open, but she saw enough of what was in that little crack door opening that she's like, OK, let's go with this. And she even mentions that the, the night before, whenever they got to the room, that he just fell right asleep mm-hmm. like they so basically, she confirms that they didn't do anything last night, although she implies that they did do that this morning. Well, she also said something along the line. It's like, oh, well, what can I do for you like now? And she's well, I can think of a few things and they start, you know, snogging right there. <laughs> but, but then the next scene you see, they're walking out of the house. So it's like it, it, it's kind of implied without going there, which is something a lot of 90s movies did. Mm hmm. But I, I do actually like Phil's line. Uh, he says, is there anything I can do for you today? And that is something that I think really shows that Phil has become a better person. That he's not just looking out for himself. The, you know, the, the, it's not the first thing that he says to her, but the first thing that he really says to her in the morning is asking if there's anything that he can do for her. He's not looking right. to fulfill his own wants or needs. Right. Like he's he's done plenty of times. He's still in a in like a service mentality. In something to do to help others, to put others to put other people's needs before his own wants. Right. And I think he learned that just being stuck in the time loop, he's like, Well, why don't I like the homeless person? 
Uh, how many, like, we don't know how many days we, he actually spent trying to save him, but obviously, what, three or four minimum? Because, like, there was the one time he took him to get sued, he took him to go to the hospital, and it was like, uh, every time it always seemed to come up, you know, bad. And I think that taught him, it's like, look, you shouldn't do things looking for a positive result. You should do things because you want to do the good thing. And I, I feel that he learned that lesson, and that's, I think that's what the time loop was about. It's like, look, you're not, you're not happy, and we want you to find some way to be happy. Yeah, and and I've said this before a few times that Phil, before he got to Punxsutawney, he was basically stuck in his own time loop, like the the type of time loop that a lot of people get stuck in whenever they have a, a job that's not fulfilling. They're not happy with their own life, and they're just living each new day as if it was basically the same day before it. And that's that's where Phil was. He wasn't happy with his life. He wasn't happy with his job. He wasn't happy with himself. Mm-hmm. And this is a Phil that he spent the time, he studied, he's learned art, he's learned music, he's learned all these things in order to make himself a better person. And now he's doing something to change his life. Even though I'm also not that big on, on his line, you know, we should move here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that would almost seem that like, okay, the time loop thing caused him to like have almost a, a, a deep connection to the place to the point where it's like, oh, like we should just stay here. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've spent so much time here. I, I've grown, it's kind of grown on me. And yeah, that that was kind of a strange strange line to me. It's like we should move here. I mean, like, I can understand wait. it to a certain extent because he has spent um, all this time. He has learned. He's basically met and fell in love with the town and all the people in the town. He's talked to practically everybody in the town, gotten to the know know their life story. You know, it's has really developed these mostly one-sided friendships, but still these friendships with all these people and that he can rebuild uh, in, in if he does move there. But I also think that it's it just feels sudden. And, and again, we don't get any reaction from Rita. She just kisses him. She's, yeah. She doesn't... Which, I, I mean, I, I understand from the movie's perspective because this is a movie this is the end of the movie you know we don't want to cut into the this feel good happy ending but at the same time i i can't imagine rita just kissing him I, 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 I feel like moving in together we just <laughs> we just started dating how about how about let's plan a second date first yeah that is strange because basically everybody knows him from that perfect day from now on. Hmm. Well, and so they, they get that they have this idea that he's this really, you know, well studied, well read person that he wasn't when he came in. Not to say that he wasn't smart or intelligent before, but he also has like everybody has this high opinion of him now. It's like, oh, he can play the piano, he can ice sculpt, he can do all this other stuff. And they they see this person that I don't want to say wasn't but actually wasn't, but is now, what they perceived. And that's the total thing. It's like, well, all these people know him, and they have a positive opinion at this point. 
So it's like, it's not like the day, the first Groundhog's Day where everybody just like either whatever, you know? Yeah, he just blew them all off as hicks. Yeah. In his own words. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the, the lack of, uh, when he actually did the uh, Punxsutawney Phil revealing, uh, you know, it, he almost, he, he, he phoned it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally speaking, he's like, yeah, oh, he saw his shadow, blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Whereas, you know, at the, the perfect day, you know, he did it right. He put the emotion into it. He put, he got into the spirit of the festival. I guess it was a festival. <laughs> to them, it was a festival, I guess, or, you yeah. know, a, a ceremony. But, you know, he got into the spirit of it. He had fun with it. And whereas at the first day, it's like, yeah, phone it in. And that's the feel they have now. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, although I will, I do want to point out, um, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of, background stuff in this day because we just get phil's room and then in, in the front of the the bed and breakfast but whoever shoveled that the steps that they really phoned it in yeah no shit <laughs> uh, i was actually looking at it I'm like god that's a, it's a miracle they didn't fall over well i mean considering it's probably fake snow but who knows a lot of these winter movies i think they film in like the early spring or something and like and they just like you know put like I don't know what they call it, but like fake snow all over the place. Uh, well, they did actually film the majority of this in winter, and it was filmed mostly in uh, Woodstock, Illinois, which is a, interesting. Yeah, it's a suburb of Chicago. It's actually, you know, just like uh, three or four su- uh, suburbs away from where I was living whenever I was up there. Yeah, that's not. That's actually pretty interesting. And I don't like you said if they if they film that in Illinois, it it probably was really winter because you know Illinois winters as much as I do, they can mm-hmm. they're they they can be pretty nasty. So especially in small towns that don't have as big as budget, say Chicago or Springfield or or you know any other smaller or larger city, to you know have a, a bulldozer run night and day. Yeah, and I uh, I believe I I heard that you know the reason that they jump over the fence rather than or jump over the gate rather than going through it was because of the snow and the fact that it hadn't been cleared. And that was something that Bill Murray just decided to do on that take. And I, I was kind of curious, where do you think they're going? Cause uh, you know, they're, I don't believe that they're going back to like the hotel or the news van because Phil doesn't have his luggage with him. I don't know, because it's one of those things that there are scenes in movies that they make, and it's like a person does something strange, and it's like it's probably like a cut scene that they didn't put in, because I don't know where the hell they're going either. (laughs) It's like I watched that bit, and I was like, why is he jumping over the fence, and why are they going that way? Isn't isn't the center of town the other way? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's that's the direction towards Gobbler's Knob, and and, in theory, I think that would also get them to... The uh, uh, the hotel that mm-hmm. Rita and Larry were staying at, mm-hmm. and that okay. that probably is where Rita's luggage is, but you know, Phil's luggage would still be in in his room. Yeah, but at the same time, I am I get the impression that uh, maybe they're just going out to you know, have fun before they have to leave. Like right. basically, can continue their na- date from last night right and like you said it's early enough it's like it has to be we don't know what time it is but when he woke up at six let's assume that they they took an hour to get ready it's 7 a.m yeah 
and it's like you know, in ni- even in nineteen ninety three or even nineteen ninety one, it's like, what are you going to do at seven in the morning? They could be going <laughs> to the the tip top cafe again. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Getting breakfast, or you know, just I, I guess the where they're going isn't as important as important as you know the fact they're going, and you know, you, you have a point of. Yeah, it's the whole walking off into the sunset, yeah, basically. Even though in, in this case it's the sunrise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Since since it's early morning, so there, there's no sunset. They're walking off into the sunrise. But... Like, hey, let's go to Hardee's at seven a.m. <laughs> have their biscuits and gravy special, you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, I just I that one is like I was kind of curious too. It's like, what are they going to go back to the van? Are they going to go like leave? Go back to wherever they came from. That's another thing. I don't remember where they actually came from initially because they're not from that area. Uh, they, they they came from Pittsburgh, so oh, it's, right. it's it's about Punxsutawney is about an hour away from Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Okay, that's what I thought, but it was like I know they're not from Philadelphia or somewhere like that, but I couldn't remember exactly where they were, but I knew they weren't obviously from Punxsutawney. Yeah. That and it's like because he does refer that, and I knew it had to be a big city because he refers, like you said, kind of the town as Hicks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's typically, um, you know, like, oh, God, I'm in this small town with these people, uh, you know. Yeah, but, you know, this is like a, a shorter a shorter day. I mean, it's only like three minutes, but so I, I don't really have too many more notes. I, I do think that this is, you know, this is the end of the film. I, I think it ends on a sweet note, even though... I, even though, if I were to like rate all the the previous days, I, I do. I almost want to say that this is one of my least favorite, just because of how how different Rita is. You know, as much as I'm happy that Phil's out, you know, you know Phil is free and he's mm-hmm. able to go live his life. It's I enjoyed Phil being stuck in Groundhog's Day. So much more. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, and I know this, I guess this is another, it's not really criticism so much as critique. Um, at that point, it's almost like, why didn't they just end it like, you know, with him and Rita kissing, the loop is over, you know, at that point, walking outside and having them, hey, we should move here. It almost like gives you, like after this high point of breaking the loop, it kind of goes down and almost like, kills the energy that was at that point. And that's, I mean, that's just my own personal thing. It, people might still be happy they're together and they walk off in the sunset. But at that point, I, I just feel like it's kind of like the energy from him breaking the loop and the story. There's too many questions. <laughs> it's like, why is suddenly Rita just like, ball, you know, head over heels with Bill? And it, it, you just have so many questions, but sorry, we can't answer any of those because it's the end of the film. You're just going to have to, you know, create your own after uh, image or whatever you want to say. I mean, it, it, it's, it's an okay thing to do. A lot of movies do that. Um, but I think this is one of them. They could have probably ended at the crescendo and I think the movie would have been just as good. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like the fact that they do slightly undercut it with a, a little bit of humor to end on where he says, mm-hmm. uh, well, we'll rent to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to make sure it's like, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it's almost that like secondary non-committal of the old Phil coming into play. Like maybe we won't like this after Groundhog's Day. <laughs> you know, this is Groundhog Day and this is, 
a beloved movie, and and I'm still a little bit blown away that I've gotten to the end of it, picking it apart day by day, loop by loop, and and now that this is over, this is the first one of these like minute by minute adjacent podcasts that that I've done, and you know I'm I'm definitely looking to do more of these in future seasons, and um, you know I I've, I guess I, I might as well go ahead and. And mention it. So I've uh, I've posted it on you know social media a couple times, but you know officially announcing it here on the podcast. You know there will be a second season of It's Time to Rewind. I'm not exactly sure what the timeline is going to be because, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I I have a uh, baby here due in in the middle of September, which as as this episode comes out, she will have already been born. But hopefully, either by the end of the year or possibly the beginning of next year, the second season will be trapped in the Twilight Zone. And I will be looking at uh, several of the Twilight Zone episodes that featured time loop stories. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I enjoyed uh, Twilight Zone. Um, off and on, and I love those types of shows. Right, and I, to be honest, I, I, I'm not real big into Twilight Zone, but there, I have seen a couple of the more iconic episodes. Like, I can't remember the name of the episode. I'm, I'm not one of those people who remember names of name of the names, but it's the episode where like they keep trying to fix this woman's face from a horrible accident, mm-hmm. and it's not her that looks wrong; it's everyone else. Yeah, I'm trying to fix her. The pig nose episode, I guess you'd call yeah, it. Yeah, I believe it's called The Eye of the Beholder. Yeah, and that one, that one, I've seen that one, but I've not actually seen any time loop episodes. And like I said, I was like the biggest fan of Twilight. Not that I didn't like it. It just, I think when it came on when I was a kid was either right at bedtime or like just a little after bedtime. So. Yeah, I, I don't remember watching it. I, I think I may have, might have seen some of the, the reboot seasons because it's been rebooted a few times Mm -hmm. and i watched the first season of the latest reboots that that's on you know it it was called cbs all access it's now paramount plus i know i started watching the the first uh season of twilight zone on netflix but i i think i didn't get very far we only got like maybe five to ten episodes in Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, i think i saw the only time I saw Twilight Zone, at least, and actually watched it, was on Nick at Night. And like I said, it would come on like 10, 10, 11, or 10, 30, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And back when I was in high school, when I watched it, uh, it actually, I, I went to bed around 9, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So if I watched it, I was up a little bit past my bedtime. So <laughs> there were, like on the weekends, I'd catch it, but that'd be about it. Yeah, my, my late night viewing was Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, that, but that was an HBO thing, wasn't it? Um, I I watched the they um, it was syndicated on Fox and heavily edited as well. Ah, well, yeah. not too heavily edited. Just they they took out all the nudity and almost none of the violence, wow. which which is typical Fox. Yeah, that's um, it's like okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's like why don't you take it all out? You know, but I guess you can only cut so much stuff out. You know, we we should probably get back to to Groundhog Day here. Uh, I I don't really have anything else to say about this specific loop. I, I think we we've 
covered that pretty well. But one thing that I have been asking everybody, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how long do you personally think that Phil was stuck in, in his time loop, in his Groundhog Day time loop? Uh, I've heard theories, and there was um, the director's theory, because basically he said to be good at anything, you have to study it for like 20 or 30 years. Uh, and Phil was good at a lot of things. So I'm going to say uh, minimum 10 years, I'd say. And like I said, he could remember read his face without even looking at it. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of other things. There, there's a lot of days that we see that we don't see in the movie. If you had to like come up with maybe a deleted scene that you would have liked to have seen, a day that Phil would have had to have had during his you know, 10 years in Groundhog Day that we don't get to see, what what would that be for you? That's a good question. Um, probably just him trying to save people or like from memory, like he knows going through and seeing what people do during the day and, and learning about people and trying to get to know them or at least knowing their habits so that he can do all these things and, and finally arrive at the perfect day knowing, okay, I can't save this person, but I can save that. I know this person does this and that. I need to, you know, just figuring it all out, putting it together piece by piece. That would be what I would like to see, but that that would be more than one scene. That would be several scenes. Yeah, um, and, and that's fine. And and I think that that, that is interesting because, it, you know, in this movie, it, it cuts from, you know, him trying to save the, the old the old man, the old homeless man. Mm-hmm. And then the very next day is him having this perfect day where he saves everybody else. Mm-hmm. And we don't, um, I, I think it would be interesting to see a little bit more of him working trying, yeah, working towards that perfect day instead of mm-hmm. him suddenly arriving at this perfect day. Yeah. It's like, you know, just all the things are clicking, all the, and all these synapses are firing and everything is just perfect. And we know that in real life that, you know, nothing really happens perfectly. Um, and it makes you wonder, it's like, at what point, how long did it take Phil to realize I can't save this old guy? Because yeah. in several the scenes we see, just about all of them, it's like, yeah, he's he's in really bad shape. Even when he takes him straight to the doctor and get him looked at, he's like, yeah, he's... he's well, it's, it, it's literally only two minutes of screen time, and he only, um, it's over the course of two repetitions... Mm-hmm. So it's, but it's it it does make make a big in, impact on the viewers. Mm-hmm. It's like look, the, the, no matter what he can do, if he feeds him, he doesn't. He takes him to the hospital, or finds him out in the middle of the road. He's like, come on, break, Graham's breed. Graham's like, he's so trying to break this loop. And maybe it was one of the intended lessons he was to learn that look, things end. You can't change them, but you can make the best of them. Hmm. I mean, because that, that's a that's a life lesson that most people need to work and maybe feel happy that you know it's like one day this is all going to end and there's nothing you can do about it and i i feel like that's a lesson that he could have learned from that old man it's like you know that's pretty much you know i mean like i said that's that's a big lesson Hmm. well i i think that's uh pretty much all all i have uh unless there was anything else that you wanted to, to mention about you know either this specific loop or groundhog's day in general uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, we spent, I don't know how long we've done, but for a, a three-minute three clip uh, or a three-minute you know, scene or whatever you want to call it, it we, uh, I think we pretty much exasperated all the options. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it, 
it is what it is. It ended on a sweet note, and like you said, the only real kind of like you know th- picky uni thing is like oh, Rita, what happened to this strong independent woman who didn't want anything to do with the film? But I mean, like I said, maybe she got just enough peak. He cracked the door and got she saw enough of the good Phil that's like okay, I'm willing to take the risk. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. But I mean, you can't really express that in words in that type of scene. So yeah, I, I think it's it's something that this film does really well throughout, and I, I've, I've I've mentioned it several times that it this is very efficient storytelling. It, it only shows exactly what it needs to show the audience and nothing more and it lets it gives a lot of space for your imagination to fill in the blanks yeah it's like self-exposition if you want to to coin a phrase it's like you don't need anybody to explain it to you most of the scenes are self-explanatory and it it, you don't need a doc brown or or someone else like who who you know knows something telling you hey this is what's happening It, it can unpack itself all right. Well, you know, I'd like to thank you for joining me. It's hey, uh, it's good to to finally have you on on one of my podcasts after ten years. I, I know we tried once a, a long while back where um, I was going to watch Terminator Two for the first time, but that the scheduling fell through on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you know, uh, I I imagine that there might be some video game fans that listen to this. So why, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and, and your stuff online? Okay, sure. Um, Magna Carta 80 or YouTube slash uh, dot com slash Magna Carta 80 and Twitch TV slash Magna Carta 80. Um, yeah, I'm easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and as always, I am Bubba Weeds and you can find me on Twitter at Bubba Wheat. You can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on Anchor.fm, as well as anywhere else where you listen to podcasts. Uh, we have a Facebook group, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group, where you can join and stay up to date on when the second season is coming out, as well as you know have discussion on uh, any older or upcoming time loop movies in general. It's, uh, you know, there's... It's a growing community, and I'd love to see it grow even more. And there will be one more uh, episode here in this first season where I am going to be doing an overall wrap-up and going through some of the statistics and uh, you know things that interest me but might not be interesting to, to everybody else. But uh, you know, going over things that I've asked all my guests uh, during the course of this this season and. But I will hope you will join me for the the next episode as well as the next season. So it's uh, have a have a good night, and I will see you tomorrow if there is one. Bye, folks. I'm a god. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? Oh, God. There wasn't one today. Let's live here. We'll rent the star.